What's shaking horizers? Peter from YHH, one half of the Horizon podcast. Have we got a hell of a show for you today? We're going to talk COVID. We're going to talk rankings. We're going to talk game reviews, big upcoming games. We're going to hand out a few mitt bumps. We're going to talk about the NCAA Goalie of the Year Award. And as always, we'll finish up with three questions. We appreciate you being here. Enjoy the show. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Todd, I gotta be honest, I'm playing a little uh, little hurt today No, you look great, what are you talking about hurt? You must have came in, uh, you're a, not a healthy scratch by any means I got a kink in my neck, Okay, for one thing uh, I've got a pain in my left side that I can't tell if it's a kidney stone or an <laughs> ulcer or a small animal scratching and clawing to get out of my stomach. But you know what? The best medicine for all of my pain today is being here with you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you, Peter, for uh, sharing everything that you have. I, you know, the one thing that you got going for you is that unbelievably sick jacket that you're wearing. It is, it is sick. A kid... Um, at Walgreens earlier this morning told me that my jacket was fire. Oh, yes, fire. It was fire. My neighbor, an older lady, said, hey, you look sharp. Yep. So I guess that shows the generational divide between adjectives. I think so. Hey, we, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves a little bit. We want to let you know that uh, this is another great production of Her Ice. This is our eighth episode of the, our third season. Uh, in case this is your first time listening to us, we're a – couple guys, Peter Odney and Todd Houck, we like to talk about Minnesota girls high school hockey, where we chat about players, games, hot topics, anything related to the coolest game on ice. And we are proudly broadcasting live in sunny Bloomington and Studio 1A at the YHH home, uh, where we are presented by the Minnesotan. Now, we talk about the Minnesotan a little bit because not only they're a proud sponsor of our broadcast here, of our podcast, just to say, but they have done two amazing things. One, they have given Peter the sickest jacket that you are going to see on the planet Earth. Mind you, the compliments he just got from two different generations. Described as sharp and fire. Yes. But not only that, but folks, right now we are coming up and you're saying, well, there's not much of a season going on, but there is. We are coming up to green season. So as you get a chance, please visit theminnesotan.com. You are going to be finding yourselves eyeball to eyeball with some unbelievable apparel at the Minnesotan. For example, if you're an old bar guy like myself and used to go to O'Gara's a bunch of times, you can get yourself a fresh O'Gara's Bar and Grill t-shirt because I know it's not a bar and grill anymore. R.I.P. Right. Uh, Otherwise, if you're not a big St. Paul guy, they got this great, uh, the Memorial Stadium, the old at the U with the old Minnesota Gopher logo on there. You can also, if you're an old St. Croix Stallion grad, you can get yourself a sweet long sleeve T-shirt at the Minnesotan, and don't forget when you do order, mention YHH and you will get a fifteen percent discount. Peter is living proof of it. I used mine. I he used did. mine. I got fifteen percent off this jacket. I used the uh, the free pickup method. You order and you show up. You walk right in. Somebody very friendly greets you and says, "Hi, what can I do for you?" And you say, "Hey, I have an order. My name is Peter." And they hand you a bag, and then you try it on in the parking lot. Oh. Behind the store. 
sure. beautiful downtown White Bear Lake. Changing lot. Ch- yeah, we'll call it the changing lot for right now. Well, that's what the kids used to do in the last summertime when they used to get ready for hockey games. You'd be the changing lot. But anyway, uh, let's change a little bit. Our our uh, our focus right now is that we'd like to start off our show with a little intro, and then we'd like to jump into uh, what we're starting to call now some headlines, which are jumping out at us. I guess the big headline we want to mention real quick uh, as we get our, our show going is that Hill Murray has been officially shut down. Uh, the girls' program uh, had some players that um, – uh, were playing and they had uh, they had tested positive and it turns out that they had played some other games and so uh, so for right now Hill Murray is locked down I believe I didn't write it down but I think it's March eight I think but dates is not big but anyway they got some big games that they were kind of missing I think they if I remember right they go matchup schedule against Minnetonka this week but Minnetonka uh, they had uh, Warroad was supposed yes. to be on the docket Warroad last Friday yep so the, the Pioneers are quarantined until March eighth. There you go. Good memory. Um, the story was broke. Broken? Broke. Dave Levesque from the Star Tribune. Yes. Broke the story. It says, school leaders, this is from the article, school leaders learned on Tuesday that two more players had tested positive. That's not the right screenshot that I'm trying to read. In any case, uh, the story from Dave Levesque pointed out that uh, players had symptoms and continued to participate with the team during practice and in school. The school was also aware the letter to parents also said we have also become aware that the team held a dinner at a parent's home in direct conflict with policy set for our athletic teams this year a bummer for the pioneers for sure a bummer for everybody that has to reschedule games because the pioneers can't play poor north st paul tartan they have to reschedule like five games Mm -hmm. because they had a close contact but just if you're six day home and don't host team dinners. Correct. Just don't. We I have a golden chance here to finish out the year. We are so close. Just hang on for a few more weeks. I think he said it well. Just hang on there the best you can, folks. So um, so hopefully uh, they'll get through this quick pillow period, um, get themselves quarantined, and then be back in the ice just in time for sections. Just in time for se- Well, yeah. maybe they'll they'll get two weeks might, to rest up, ice some injuries. Yes, and yeah. Come back for section playoffs. Underclassmen get some extra playing time at that time. So <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, Hilmer is not the only one going through it. I mean, it's on the boys and the girls' side. Everybody's going through some periods where right. um, if you listen to the boys' podcast um, uh, on YHH, they give a weekly update of teams are going through that. Who is just getting done with their quarantine? Who just hit the quarantine? Somebody had a you know game that was postponed or canceled, but there's no no way to find out. So um, everybody's you know going through the same thing. So we are all in a very confusing boat right now. We are. I like the way that you phrase it, but you know this is a sea that we can manage. This is a <laughs> lake that we can navigate, and we're going to get through there. I can see in. I can see the dock in the distance. Well, you'd know you were in the navy, weren't you? No. Oh, sorry, army, marines, <laughs> green berets. No, <laughs> definitely not. All right. Hey, some Green Beret soldiers or warriors, if you would, um, got to show their stuff off last weekend. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about those. Another highlight we want to pop out there. Uh, this is the uh, the PH. No. Nope. Sorry, PW. <laughs> it's still just, it's a five letter. That's the thing about it. He's been working on this all morning. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, you, I, you know what I got to start? I just got to call the P-Dub. Can the I call P-dub. it the P-Dub? Okay. Am I yeah, down with call it? it the P-Dub. Right. The PWHP, the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. P-Dub. There you go. Or P-Dub for short. Yep. They played at Madison Square Garden. 
the first female hockey game ever played at the world's most famous arena. Unfortunately, Team Minnesota and or Team Adidas, I can never totally keep it straight who they were calling what, <laughs> fell to New Hampshire slash Team Women's Sports Foundation 3-2 to two to even the series at 1-1. One and one. I had the privilege of watching the entire broadcast. I got to watch Billie Jean King's uh, intro speech. It had me ready to bust through a wall or a glass ceiling, uh, if I can borrow some of her phrasing. But uh, a fun game to watch. Really cool to see somebody uh, that we've worked with in the past, Mira Yalusu. Ya- Mira. <sighs> Mira. Mira. <laughs> Yalosuo. Got it. Yalosuo on the bench, and she took charge during that timeout, and I, I snapped a, uh, a picture on my phone. Cool to see a Stillwater, a, uh, a girls' high school coach at Stillwater, get some time on the big stage. Also fun to see professional women's hockey at Madison Square Garden. It's also cool, too. Also, uh, not just the broadcast of it, but also kind of the big sponsorship, if I can call that, because Bauer is doing the jerseys. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're very cool. Um, there's some fresh colors, you know, that uh, that navy and the, and the baby blue together. The logo I'm not the biggest fan of, but, you know, but the most part <laughs> they're doing something a little different. Um, I'm kind of a purist, so um, I like a, like a picture or just kind of a word. But anyway, um, but it's very cool, and it was, a, it was great to see that out there, it's like you said, especially at the Garden, and uh, getting, some, getting some press and getting some – Accolades, and so hopefully that's going to keep on going and building and, and building steam as it comes into uh, hopefully get more and more of these as it goes. So the, the P Dub will be in Chicago uh, this coming weekend for another couple of games. They'll be at the United Center, I believe, on Saturday, and then they'll be at Fifth Third Arena the following day. I yeah. hope it's Saturday and Sunday. It could be Friday, Saturday. Could be. It's kind of cool. Lots we'll double check. It's kind of like you, I don't know if you got a, if you get in lacrosse much, but the Premier League. Uh, by Paul Raboyan, I believe his last name is pronounced, where it's like they got these teams and they kind of made, and then it's just like this basically just go on tour. So it's like there's not a team that's um, – uh, Yeah, they're what, barnstormers. Yeah, basically like that. So they're just – they're clubs, and they just they just have – they get hosted. So it's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great venue. It's, you don't have to necessarily be the Montreals or the Chicago's or the – or the, or the Phoenixes, you're just a club that's just going to be playing in a in a in a, in a neutral site, and then you, that way everybody gets a chance. So all the Chicago people get to come and watch professional women's hockey, which is awesome. So, um, again, a great idea, and, a, and again, hope it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So yeah, the kudos. guy, uh, the guy behind Premier Premier Lacrosse League is Paul Rabiel. Rabiel Rabble. Yep. Rabble. I don't, I don't know. It's but an if you said an L, not an L. But like for example, one of the teams is called Team Chrome. And it's just got a cool logo, and they and they're just guys on that team. And it's not so much they're the they're not Chicago Chrome, they're not the Phoenix Chrome, they're just Chrome Team Chrome. And then they will play, you know, on a weekend like they'd have, you know, they'd be in Philadelphia for a weekend where they play two or three games, and then so all the teams are there together, and they would travel from city to city, on a, in a tour. So it's 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 a it's a it's a revolutionary way to run a league, and I think that's what's great about. Uh, the P-Dub is because they're doing it very similar. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds just like the Premier League. And then Tony looks at me and goes, what's the Premier League? <laughs> I'm like, what's well, the PLL? It's Premier Lacrosse League. And he's like, um, he's not a lacrosse guy, so that's why it's outside of his realm. Yeah, but anyway, I, all right, let me get ourselves back on the train. Let's, let's, get, uh, tracks. let's get back on the track. Yeah, so the let's talk about top 10, Peter's top 10 from last week. Uh, let's start with the double A's. Uh, there was a little bit of shaking. Not many teams – Went forward or backwards, but those are few. So, Peter, let's do a quick rundown of the top 10 AA teams. All right. Well, the team that moved the most would be Stillwater, 
the Ponies suffer their second loss to an unranked opponent in five days, losing to unranked Eastridge 4-3 to after falling to unranked Roseville 4-3 to less than a week prior to that. Uh, still not enough for me to knock the Ponies out of the top 10, but enough to drop them down from where they were previously. Uh, number one and number two, Andover Edina. That's, honestly, I don't think that's going to change from now until the end of the season. No. Number three, Minnetonka. Number four, Hill Murray. Five, Benilde St. Margaret. Six, Roseau. Seven, Maple Grove. Eight, Centennial. Nine, Blaine. Not totally sure what to do with Hill Murray at this point. I mean, I don't know if they should stay where they are because they haven't played and lost a game. Are other teams going to leapfrog them by winning games when they're on a bye week? Uh, it's the age-old question when it comes to rankings is oh, how do you reward a team for not losing, but how do you punish them for not winning? I like how you called it a bye because that's if we can. I think that's a better way to phrase it than the other ways we've used it. Yeah. But yeah, so you know, let's say Benil wins and they beat Osseo Park Center. You know, ten to one. Does it give them credit to pop up and go above Hill Murray, even yeah. though Hill Murray's on a this bye? Because you could make the argument that they're playing, they're winning. But I don't know. That's something I'll figure out late, late, late Sunday night, staring into the abyss. Of There's no numbers. algorithm for that one, is there? There is no algorithm. No. The, algor- uh, the algorithm is in my brain, and the algorithm is exhausted. But again, that's the beauty of rankings. It's not a perfect science or perfect math. Nope. It is your opinion. It's far from perfect. It's probably the least perfect thing people have ever come up with. It's Water cooler conversation. It's, it's right up there with and the internet. Is, I think Peter's got the largest water bottle in the history of water bottles. It's There's a 48-ouncer. 48 ounces. The 48 ounces. 1,400 milliliters. All right. Uh, spoke on uh, milliliters, not as small <laughs> as opposed to liters. Some people think the single A might be the milliliters and the, <laughs> and the double A's are the liters. Uh, what kind of segue? was That was awesome. So let's talk about oh the single A's. <laughs> That was fantastic. I didn't know where you were going to go with that, but in any case, Gentry Academy remains number one. Warroad remains number two. Chisago Lakes remains number three. They got a big win over Mound West Tonka. Uh, four is Proctor Hermantown. And then I moved Mound West Tonka to Ooh, number five because moving. they stayed with Chisago Lakes for almost three full periods. A tough 3-2 loss for the Whitehawks. Uh, Breck drops out of the top five. They join uh, the rest of the teams hovering just outside the Class A rankings. Hovering. And hovering. you had said, when was the last time that Breck had a record like such? A 500 record? Yes. A record of 6-6? Six 6-6. and six? Six and I six. honestly couldn't tell you. It could be... A decade? Pre-pandemic for sure. Pre- well, <laughs> of course it's pre-pandemic. J.K. No. I, I, I hear you. I, and in a minute, I couldn't tell you. I know. I, we can go in many conversation, but I remember... We talking about like everybody was pushing, pushing, saying, "Oh, they need to move up to double. They need to move up to double A." And and somebody frankly said, "It would be challenging for us because we know that we're going to be losing some players and the upcoming players." And so it's basically they just had this window of gap where they had these sensational players. And I'm not saying they're with the rest of the pack, but they're kind of with the rest of the pack, top of the pack. I mean, granted, they've also not the faced, elite. They've also faced some. External issues this year. A player transfers at midseason. A coaching yes. staff steps down midseason. I think they'll still be there at the end. They get Chisago in Section 5A, not the um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, not the cakewalk that the Mustangs might be used to. So we'll see. We'll see how the Mustangs play out. I think they're still a talented team. They could still make some noise in 5A, but uh, not uh, not the best midseason record for the Mustangs. No, no. All right, let's talk about some games that uh, were upcoming last week. We had some. Uh, we had a couple, and we have to do a public apology out here because we picked three <laughs> games, which it turns out that one, we missed one, but then one, it, one just didn't exist. Apparently. Yeah. That was the thing is we picked three of them and one didn't exist, but yet we had it on our, on our, our pickums. And then the fourth one, which I realized I had missed, which was Warroad and Hill Murray. That turns out didn't happen. So we went from having four and then one actually didn't occur or wasn't on a schedule. And then the one that we missed didn't happen anyway because um, team got quarantined. So anyway, long story short, let's slide right into that first game, which uh, was a nice, a nice matchup. It's always nice when these big, big teams such as Edina and Benil come upon each other. We knew it was going to be a game, big game, not only because they're two top five uh, teams in Double A, but there's also a little bit of inside rivalry possibly because I know Benil has a handful of girls uh, that are that live in Edina, so you grow up and play together in eights and tens and twelves and then and then you slide over the big red and now you're playing the big green. So Peter, let's have a little breakdown of that Hornet win over the <clears throat> Red Knights. Yeah, the Hornets maintain their undefeated record. Two third period goals lift the Hornets to victory. Emma Connor had both goals. Apparently her second goal, she plucked it out of midair or scored in midair. Something crazy, some highlight real goal. Uh seven penalties called in the is it the third period? There was a period where seven penalties were called. The Hornets end up going one for seven on the power play. Ooh, you give a team like Edina seven power plays, mm-hmm. they're going to get one by you. Um, a penalty-filled game is not the way Benilde wants to play. They play physical. They don't want to be sitting in the box for simply playing strong defense. Uh, do have a player note. So the venerable honorary Tony Scott was at, at the game. Dun, 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 dun. And he, he said that Benilde defender Emma Peschel was the second best player on the ice between the two teams. Emma Connor was the best player he felt, and he felt Emma Peschel was number two. So shout out to the Benilde defender. For sure. And we know going into the game that uh, Benilde, they're not a scoring machine. They're more a defensive oriented because – I think they average like two and a half goals a game. Yeah, and they That's are – their defense, I mean, they got a lot of D1 in the in the on the blue line. So uh, in that game, uh, I had taken Edina and they shut out 4 nothing. and Peter said Edina was going 3-1. Peter got the closer game, so we yeah. gave, I gave credit to him for that one. Uh, we're having a little keeping track of games kind of an inside game, and then we'll kind of share those with you as the season goes on. But that will be kind of fun to throw those in there. But, yeah, so he's closest in that one. Second game we, we, we mentioned last week was going to be a not a big matchup, but, you know, obviously two better teams in the Northwest Suburban. That was Andover and Maple Grove. Uh, uh, I, I want to say Maple Grove had a little bit of spunk because they did. They forced uh, – they pushed Andover a little bit, I think, closer than they thought. Uh, it was actually 1-1 after the first period. Um Madison Brown scored for the Huskies, and Bella Shipley scored for uh, the Crimson, which I'm wondering, I realize now, I wonder if that's a certain YHH employee's sister. Jackson, I don't know. I, I haven't seen Jackson. No, in, I know. Well, he's busy. He's year. running the uh, MGCC up there. But anyway, um, second period was scoreless, and then uh, uh, Huskies kind of, I don't want to say clawed their ways. I was trying to think what's a big way. Brought their big paws. They did. They Howled scored. away. Howled away. Chased away. Growled? I don't know. What do Huskies do when they run Well, they're in the, they're in the Iditarod, I know all that. 
husky. The bear, uh, the bear John, the John Bear Grease, five hundred miles sled <laughs> or thing. Anyway, Andover scored three in the third period to kind of lock that up in a four-one victory for the Huskies. Kind of leading scores from the game. It, there really wasn't a leading score. They had four different scores for the Huskies. So uh, Peyton Hem had a goal and assist. Madison Brown, like I said, had a first uh, period goal. Uh, Gabby Krause, UMD uh, commit, she got a goal in that game as well as Madeline Jurgensen. Uh, goaltenders for that game. Um, that in, in nets for the Huskies was Courtney Stagman. She had 23 saves in the victory. And then uh, Brooke Casibo, who we've talked about a handful of times, she took uh, 37 shots and she made 33 saves. So um, it's actually a pretty good game in that perspective because both uh, me and Peter kind of said that it was going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter said 9 nothing, and Todd said 7-1. So technically I'm closer, even though 7-1 and 4-1, it's a little closer, so I get credit for the closer one in that. So You get credit for that one. Definitely a better game this time around for Maple oh, Grove. Yes. They lost to Andover 7-0 earlier in the season. It took a big period from Andover to win. I think shots were even. Shots were 18-18 going into the third period. And yes, they were. Andover yep. outshot 18, the Crimson 16-9 in the third period. Is that correct? 19-6. 19-6. I was almost there. Very close. So a really nice showing from the Crimson. Hopefully they're hitting their stride as we get closer to the end of the year. Uh, speaking of hitting their stride, Hornets still striding. I should have lumped these two together. That was my initial plan, and then yeah, I it just, was, and then I just didn't do it. It's okay though. It's 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 okay to just have a little, you know, layered. So so shame on me. No uh, no no shame. The Hornets top the great. Skippers Tuesday night three to nothing. Nice win for the Hornets. Another two goals for Emma Connor Uma Cornier with a twenty save shutout. And you know what? I said that Sarah Swan had the shutout. I was promptly corrected. I used the girls' hockey hub, okay? I have the screenshot. I have the receipts. It said Sarah Swan <laughs> had the, the 20 saves shutout. So you know what? I refuse to feel bad. No. Uh, Bryn Dulock, 32 saves on 35 shots for the Skippers. Hornets, just a machine. Not a whole lot to say about this game other than a methodical win for the Hornets as they continue their march to perfection. Dun, 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 dun. All right, let's talk about the games that uh, were we reviewed. One that we reviewed never happened, and one we didn't review and still didn't happen. So in our world, we had Eastview playing Lakeville South. Had that that would have been a sweet game if it had been It would have been a great game. I think it would have been a really good game, but that wasn't on the schedule. That was the weird part about it. And I, we even double-checked as we're going through our stuff this week. You know, it's kind of tough to say, oh, hey, by the way, remember the podcast? We said these two teams were going to play each other. No, we're not going to do that. But the point of it is uh, they did not play it. They did not have it scheduled. Lakeville South did play on Friday. We said it was supposed to – I had my schedule that was supposed to be playing on Friday. Uh, Lakeville South did win on Friday. They beat Blake, if I remember. No, Breck. Blake. 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 Uh, and Eastview did not play on Saturday. On, on uh, Friday, they played on Saturday. They played uh, Apple Valley. So maybe some witchcraft going. Could on have with been. The schedule. Could have been a goofiness. And then the game that we didn't put down, and then it still didn't happen, was the. And we had mentioned once before in the in Peter's top tens was Hill Murray was supposed to host the Warriors from War Road, but since uh, the Pioneers were on uh, the queue, uh, if we like to call it once in a while, uh, so that game did not occur. So, um, so basically, me and Peter. Tied for the week. <laughs> Gosh, dang but we it. both we both picked the right teams, and then we both got a closest to score. So not too sharp. Um, all right. This week, we got some big games coming up. Uh, and believe it or not, we went a little bit farther, a little further out than I normally did. So let me get to that first game. The Oatana Huskies are taking on the Northfield Raiders. Big, big game in the 507. I know it sounds so good. 
You want to try it again? <laughs> I want to go to that one. There you go. Now I, I, I muted. You. I muted myself. This is called a self-inflicted wound. That's okay. Well, though. Okay. So for a while, they're in the Big Nine. They had like four teams are battling each other. You had Old Town and Northfield, Albert Lee, and then Austin. Remember, I gave them a lot of kudos, and then I jinxed them, and then blah blah blah. Now Burnsville's come back, but now Austin still is in the top echelon, if I can say, but they're not the uh, top, top echelon. But this game is going to be the top where Owatonna, who's 13-1, Northfield is 11-0. and oh, This is a team that me and Peter always say that they're single-A, but they're really double-A. <laughs> oh, Owatonna? No, Northfield. Oh, yeah, they are double-A. Yes, they are. So anyway, um, one player that we want to make sure that you keep your eyes open, which I do apologize if um, we have not mentioned before, is Olivia Herzog. Now, she has had a great... Uh, last couple of weeks. In fact, last she's week a she great was. season. She has. So she's leading the team in goals, and she's leading them in points. But not only is she doing that, but she is also leading the uh, the Big Nine in points with 36. So uh, she is doing great. She has, my math here, she's got 18 goals, 18 assists, and 36 points. So she is That's the great math. front runner, thank you, for the Huskies as well as Ava Wolf. Hungry like the Wolf, she is leading the, 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 the pack. <laughs> Husky Pack, <laughs> can I say that? The the Husky Pack, yeah, you can say that. Husky Pack with the 13 Husky wins, pack. and that also leads uh, the Big Nine of wins. Nice. So it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, that's definitely one that you you definitely should keep your eyes on. And we want to make sure give a little kudos out, obviously, to uh, the Raiders because they're led by, um, hope I say this right, Isla Pup. She's got 13 goals. And I then, like to think that it's Puppy. I know, but Puppy just sounds... Childish? Say, yes. Juvenile? I don't want to say that. <laughs> but again, but the other one that I want to mention, we talked about her before, and she was actually up for Player of the Week on the Hockey Hub, uh, is Maggie Malesha. Or I think Malek- it's Maleka. Maleka. I'm, going, had, with, I'm she, going with She's Maleka. got 11 wins, and so, and she is, you know, she's got a goals a lot of .55, and then her save percentage is nine nine five eight. So It's pretty good. So I don't see this game uh, going to have a lot of goals. So I'm going to go off on the tangent since I started this conversation. Okay. I am going to say Northfield is going to win. Okay. And I'm going to say it's going to be a two-to-one game. Oh, come on. I did. Can't can't do that. First, first dibs. The Huskies have won nine straight coming into this game. Their last loss, the only loss on the resume, came against Northfield on January 28th by a score of 3-2. to two. Owatonna cannot afford to go 0-7 for 7 on the power play like they did in game one. I'm going to take Northfield 2 to nothing. Oh. I know. It's nice and close, right? Yes, I love it. It's Beautiful. nice and close. Let's wander on in. To uh, another game. This one, what, what day was Owatonna Northfield? Thursday. That's it was tomorrow. on Thursday. Yep. All right, let's roll into Friday. We've got Breck Warroad. What a game, Match folks. Up. Mustangs on a three game losing streak, one and four in their last five. Heaven bless me. I can't believe I just said that about the Mustangs. The Warriors, on the other hand, have won eight straight games since a 3 1 loss to Gentry, including a win over arch rival Rozo for the third time. One team's on a hot streak. One team's on a cold streak. Feels like a little bit of a trap game mm. for Warroad. Ooh, trappy, trappy. I'm still going to take the Warriors. I will take Warriors 4-2 to two over the Mustangs. Wowzers. I know. Oh, boy, that's a close one. Yes, it is. Yeah. I um, bum, 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 bum. Which way am I going to go with this? Well, I, I, the Warriors are definitely going to win this game. And I actually think it's going to be a little bigger. So I'm going to say, 
I'm going to say 5-1. 5-1 Warriors. 5-1 Warriors? Yeah, 5-1. Wow. I'm going 5-1. I'm, they're no gonna come, faith in the They're going to come down. No, I have no faith in the Mustangs whatsoever. <laughs> I have none. All right, uh, another game they want to mention, and this is kind of cool because each, each day there's a game that is highlighted. So we talked about Thursday. We talked about Friday. Here's a game of Saturday. We're helping you. Yes. This is your late conference game of the day. <laughs> Brought to you. Uh, I, I wish you could think of like a, a dock or a boat place here in town. There's Dan's Southside Marina. That's what it is. We should get them to be a sponsor. The late conference late game conference of the week. Sponsored presented by, by Southside Marina. Yeah, Southside Marina located right here in, in downtown Bloomington. Um, Wyzetta is traveling to Braemar to take on the pesky. 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 Pesky Hornets. <laughs> okay, everybody knows about Idana. I don't think we have to talk about their undefeated. They're no. number two in Peter's rankings, probably number two in everybody else who has a girls' high school hockey brain. A laptop, smartphone, internet connection. AOL. But here's why Wyzetta is going to give them a matchup. Okay? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Wyzetta. That's who I should the right W. Uh, speaking of Ws, since they went through a little bit of a weird beginning of the season, uh, their last six games, Wyzetta has won five of them. And they are currently on a two-game streak as they beat, uh, they shut out uh, Ian Prairie on Saturday, uh, last Saturday, and then they beat Breck last night by the score of five to one. So, and then also uh, Gretchen uh, Branton, Branton, Branton. Uh, she was our number one girls high school now prospect star of the game last night because she had three goals and assist in that big win for them. Gretchen slash Greta, Gretchen slash Greta, Greta. I know. Allegedly, it's Greta. It's Genevieve, Gino. We'll just go. Gretchen, we'll be informal. Until she tells me what her right. name is, I won't believe it. I can't. We can't get sued if we go with, on, no. with what's on the roster. But we do know she's a Clarkson University commit. Gosh darn right. Give it to her there. So um, do I think Idana has a chance in this one? Yes. Do I think Wyzetta is going to give him a run for the money? Yes, because I really feel that with these, with the games that they've played, and mind you, within that that five out of six, they've also they beat Chaska Chan, who's kind of a wishy-washy this year. Uh, North Rock County, they beat 4-1. They did lose to Minnetonka, so that's a quality win, losing only 4-1. to one. Held them themselves. So I really think YZ is going to give them a game in this one. I th- I'm going to I'm gonna say Dinah's going to win 2-1. to one. I think it's going to be really, really close, and YZ is going to battle, but they're just going to not come up at the end. So the Hornets won 7-1 to one the last time the teams met. But let me throw a scenario at you from last year. YZ... Why is that had lost three straight games? They'd lost four of their last five in mid-December. All of a sudden, the Trojans found their mojo and ended up going like seven and three down the stretch. Could we see a similar second half of the season surge from the Trojans? If we do, I don't think it'll be in this game. I will take Edina five to nothing. And here's another piece I'm going to throw at you. I don't want to say this is the easiest game of the night, but check this out. For the rest, of, They have four games scheduled on the rest of the season. At Edina Saturday, at Hill Murray next Tuesday, versus Benilde on the 11th, and then at Breck on the 13th. That's why Zeta's schedule? That's why Zeta's next four games. Boy, that'll be battle-tested. They'll be battle-tested by the time sections Let me say, Dan that. Southside Marine tells you that's a tough late conference schedule. Right? And <laughs> choppy, choppy waters? Even though only there's only one late team in there but uh anyway so <laughs> good luck to the ladies of troy one more game we're gonna one more game about. let me swing gonna, it over yeah i'm gonna hang out in class a this this might be the game of the year in it class is a. i'm finna tell you that i just said finna you said oh, I'm, a, I'm a finna tell you 
I'm finna tell you about Chisago Lakes and Gentry Academy. Number one Gentry Academy versus number three Chisago Lakes. This is going to come down to the depth of Gentry, where they've got three lines of good players. Like, if I had to give them a letter grade, I would say they have three lines of B-plus players and three sets of B-plus defenders. That's hard to go up against. For Chisago Lakes, they have their trio of Danny Brunette, Danny Bergen, and Jenna Lowry. Those three are always on the ice. Sometimes they line up at defense. Sometimes they line up as kind of a center fielder in the neutral zone. Sometimes they line up at center. Sometimes they line up at wing. But the Wildcats will do whatever they can to keep those three on the ice as much as possible. They played almost, well, I went, they're not almost every minute, but they certainly, they roll two lines for mm-hmm. Chisago Lakes. So yep. this game will come down to the depth of Gentry versus the premium top line of the Wildcats. Eventually, I think Gentry emerges on top. I'll say 3-2. Gentry Academy. Depth wins out. Wow. I don't want to go against you, and I'm going to throw out the the not sold on Gentry yet. Because we, and, and the funny thing about Gentry, and as Chisago Lake is guaranteed, they're, they're focusing on the one line. Gentry does not have that one line. If that one line gets shut down, they're in trouble. We went through the number before where they got players across the board. Everybody's got at least one point on that team. Mm-hmm. They have five or six players. They've got at least 14, 15 points. So yep. they have spread it all across the board. I hate to say it, but I think in this one, even though it's a big game, and I think that the Wildcats are going to come to play, I think Gentry is going to, is going to shut them down, and I think they're going to win four to nothing. 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 Whoa. I I just think that. Um, Whoa. I don't say it's a signature game, but I think everybody knows that Gentry has been good. We've pumped their tires up a lot. We've spoke a lot about them, and I think this is going to be the one they're like, "See, I told you, I told you we're good." And this <laughs> is going to be the "I told you so" game. Even there's any doubters, it's going to be a weird. It's a Monday night game, which is strange. I know, and and that, or Monday evening, I suppose, five o'clock. Yes, and. And we looked at that because normally when you look at these, the girls' games, the big nights are obviously the Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And usually if you have a full slate of games, you're looking between 42, 46 games. And then all of a sudden you get the oddball, you're like, oh, my gosh, there's like 18 games on a Friday night. Well, yeah, people like to get those Friday night games. But this, and mind you, this is also, I think part of it too is with the, um, uh, the Minnesota State High School League as of March saying that they can play three games in a week. So and they, I think they open up the back end of the schedule for those reschedulings in case they have some postponements or cancellations. Yep. I think that's how they designed. Yep, the- I think so. So he said the Monday night's gonna be weird, but there's actually 34 games scheduled for Monday. So that's well, it'll, part, it'll part be, of the rescheduling piece. It'll be weird for the players because I mean the players aren't used to playing on a Monday night. Sometimes with those Saturday afternoon games, you see the Saturday sleepies. Maybe you'll see the the Monday night. Yawn Monday yawns. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird day to play. Still going to try to get out there though. It's a little bit of a drive up to Lindstrom, but this game could be worth a little it. bit. But it, it, but it, it, that's the, the the cool thing. Also, is if I can say this out loud, and, I, and I'm like use our our brother podcast if I can. But saying regular season March games is weird. Yeah, it feels weird. It's weird being in March, and we're still talking about regular season games. But, hey, folks, everything got pushed back. At least we're playing. We keep going forward. So, yeah, we're playing We're playing March regular season games. So Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think so. All right, so a couple of things that, that I hope that you folks look forward to, is, as I do, is always trying to get accolades or recognition to some players or teams or 
what have you, that uh, deserve a mid-bump for doing something amazing and great. So a couple players and a Twitter page, if I can say that, um, are going to get some mid-bumps this week. So the first one we're going to throw out there is uh, senior forward Jenna Lowry from your Chisago Lakes. We're going to be taking on the Gentry Stars next Monday. Um, gave her some as a mitt bumps and a congratulations to her. She got her 107th assist uh, just mm. yesterday. And the, why is that a big deal? You're saying, well, first of all, anybody gets 107 of something. It's pretty good. It's pretty amazing. Usually in high school, we always see like, oh, they scored their 100th goal or they got their 100th points. And that's my 100th goal is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I think, yeah, I think there was one this week. I want to say Jenna Gino. Kate Arnholz. Yeah, Kate Arnholz from Lake. Arnold got his hundred. Then, then he was on the podcast for the on their brother's our brother pod. Was it hundred points or hundred goals? I think it was hundred points. I think so. But anyway, so Jenna, uh, she takes over now as the most assists ever by a CLHS girls hockey player. CLHS cats cats cats. Look at that. He's getting ready for that. That was pretty it. good. Laurie's got thirty five points this season, tied with Danny Bergen. For the team lead, Laurie's got 18 goals, 17 assists. Bergen has 17 goals, 18 assists. Those two are a lot of fun to watch on the ice. University of Minnesota Duluth getting a good one. In case you're wondering, also we're historical here, uh, Jenna, she surpasses Megan Lushanko, who had 105. So now, I'm sorry, Megan, you're in second place. Sorry, Megan. That name sounds familiar. I'm sure it is. I I should have done a little more research, but uh, but, uh, anyway. Um, so Jenna with number one in assist. Uh, Congratulations. Another Jenna. person that gets a mid bump is a junior, uh, commit to Yale. That's Avery Chesick from Eden, uh, not Eden, Eastview. As she registered 100th point last night in Eastview's, I think, uh, where's my brain going? I think it was a four nothing victory. If I remember right, a four nothing win over prior Lake. Yes. And there it is. There's four nothing. Uh, <laughs> she got a goal in the third period to make it officially a 4 nothing game. So congratulations to Avery and her 100th point as a girls' high school varsity player. Lightning strikes 100 Ooh. times. Last mid-bump of the day is going to go to the Apple Valley Girls High School Twitter feed. Woo! Why it makes it such a big deal, it made me grin as soon as I got this because we get a DM and, and we have... It's like fan mail. It is. It's like it's mailbag. Like fan mail. It's like every, you know, there's certain podcasts or shows got like a mailbag segment. I always remember being uh, a big David Letterman fan back in the way days. Uh. And, you know, you get mailbag and go through mailbag and it'd be funny questions and serious questions and all this. But it was fun to get um, some feedback from a fan. So we want to give some credit out to the Apple Valley uh, Girls High School Twitter feed. And they want to mention uh, that Michaela Moran, who we've talked about a little bit, but of course the South Suburban has been kind of taken over this year by the Burnsville, Eastview, Lakeville South conversation. But uh, they are loaded with tons of eighth graders, especially Michaela Moran right now, who is the class of 2025, another eighth grader. Uh, she had a big six-point night against Sartell last Tuesday, which we did not say. But the big thing that we thought would uh, mention to her is right now she's leading the South Suburban Conference. She has 20 goals and 14 assists with 34 points. So she is doing extremely good. well uh, for the Eagles. Another big piece of that, too, is that only uh, – we didn't get a chance to actually verify this because this may take a little more time than we had time for as we're getting ready for a tournament this week. But the Eagles starting lineup consisted of all eighth graders. So each of them was playing in their 10th or more game of this season. So the Twitter feed wasn't sure if that's happened yet. So uh, kudos that we'll work on getting that answer for you. 
But just want to give some recognition for these players. This was the eighth grade starting lineup for the Apple Valley team. Uh, a goalie was Mason Mueller, who right now is currently seven and one so far this season. So good, good job on her. Defenseman Olivia Priester, defenseman Lydia Vonderhaar, uh, left wing. Avery Ryan, right wing Katie Jensen, and center, of course, Eminem, Michaela Moran. So kudos and mid bumps to the Apple Valley 8th graders who are putting on a show right now for the Eagles. So, uh, Macy Mueller is 6-7-1. Oh, you know what it was? I'm sorry. My stat was that she is 7-1 in her last eight games. Ah. That's where I'm going with. I apologize. Okay. That makes more sense. Yes. But I was like, how could how could she be seven and one if the Eagles are six seven and one? <laughs> well, she well, plays on two teams. <laughs> number numbers are stupid. I hate numbers. Anyway, so Macy's uh, she's playing well in their last eight games. So kudos well, to her. I give uh, I give the Apple Valley coaching staff a lot of credit for being able to balance having so many talented middle schoolers with still having some seniors on the roster. You don't want to take away from a senior who's been with the program for however many years. You don't want to take away their senior season, but when you have eighth graders who could be really, really good if you give them the playing time as eighth and ninth graders, by the time they're sophomores, they're three-year varsity vets. So you might be a little bit ahead of schedule giving the eighth graders some more playing time. But um, also kudos to the senior parents for being cool with having an all-eighth grade lineup. That's awesome when parents and families can kind of set aside their playing time pride a little bit. You'd be surprised at just how far associations can go. You do. And I'm on both sides of the fence on that one, and not that we're going to make this a, a stance or a speaking point, but usually with that eighth grade, it's always a conversation of do I play U15s or do I play high school? And it kind of depends on your association. A lot of northern teams especially, they are either starving for youth or they're starving for numbers, or there's an unbelievable eighth grader that always, like, for example, Mercury Bischoff, another great example. Of like, there's no way you can put her on U15 in that that, that the um, – Grand Rapids uh, Greenway, they love having her. She's been a, a catalyst for that team. Uh, in the Metro, it's kind of it's kind of rare for an eighth grader to be playing varsity. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Josie St. Martin's another great example where she was playing as an eighth grader. But um, still, it's you know it's it's back and forth. Is it better to play in the varsity or you know because you're not going to play JV as an eighth grader? But there's some associations that's all they can do. I mean, they're they're starving for numbers. Like for example, Jefferson. I went through the whole Jefferson program where there wasn't a lot of girls to play U15s and so eighth graders were playing JV hockey. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you folks, that is a huge jump playing yeah. 12s one year and the next year you're playing against 16 to 17 year olds. Yeah. Big jump. But so kudos to the Morans and they're doing some big things and just think in a couple years what this Eagle team is going to be like with this eighth grade experience you're getting this year. If they progress the way that they should, and it's a talented crop of eighth graders, they could be someone to watch in the South Suburban Conference. For sure. All right, let's go a little further. Um, past high school, if you would. Uh, this one is kind of a uh, college update, if you can. Um, We're uh, on campus. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, we didn't want to uh, – we didn't have anything that was fogging or cage, and so we like put a little piece in there because I thought this was really, really cool because uh, according to the uh, USCHO staff on the 27th of February, they released the eight finalists for the inaugural Women's College Hockey Goalie of the Year Award. Can't believe it took this long. First thing out of Peter's mouth was, well, haven't they done this before? I, I could have swore that. And they I reread it. And I'm like, these. it says inaugural. So that tells me this is the first time it's ever happened. Goodness gracious. So anyway, um, want to make sure that gets them recognized. And, and there's a there's a gal that we've been watching. And the, and the not only is the cool thing the fact that, that in women's hockey, 
that they have a goalie of the year because I think they released this literally like a day or two after they released the finalists for the Patty Kazmaier Award or the Mike Richter Award. Mike Richter Award. Mike Richter. I, okay. I was drawing a blank on the on the goalie. I know it was anyway the Mike Richter goalie of the year. Uh, we don't have a, a name for this one yet, but we're just calling it the <laughs> hockey goalie of the year. Um, I can spit through the names: Providence, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Northeastern. Colgate, Maine, but the two that I want to kind of throw at you real quick is um, in here, Minnesota School, University of Minnesota Duluth, has Emma Soderberg, uh, who's a junior, so she's up, she's one of the finalists, and the one that I really want to punch out there was Josie Bethune, who's a freshman, freshman at Penn State, Minnesota zone, uh, Forest Lake grad, if my mind serves me right, I'm Mm -hmm. trying to go on pure memory, Uh, and I want to punch out these numbers of why she is considered for this position. As a freshman, she's playing 20 games. Her record is 16, 2 and 2. It's pretty good. Not too shabby. Mind you, Penn State does not play in the Big 10 or the WCHA. What do they play? For women, well, they CH. Yeah, they play it they, they play some another different one. Weird. Uh, but anyway, her let's see, well, I'm going to go where I was going here. Uh 1194 minutes. So she is. She, there's only one other game that's been played by Amy. Uh, I'm sorry, Annie Spring, who's also a freshman. So they had no choice. They're like, holy cow, we have two freshmen. I think Miss. Josie's the starter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so she's got almost every single game. Actually, she's got almost every minute except for that Annie played 20 minutes of a game, uh, and uh, so that's pretty cool. And Josie's got four shutouts, and her save percentage is 9.47. Folks, that's not on the high school level. That's not U15. That is collegiate, big time hockey save percentage. So she is doing amazing, amazing at the collegiate level. So uh, rounding out the uh, goalie of the year finalists, we've got Sandra Abstreiter from Providence, Kennedy Blair from Wisconsin, Andrea Brandley from Ohio State, Aaron Frankel, Northeastern, Kale Osborne from Colgate, Lauren Porter from Maine. So stick tap, mitt bump, high five, pat on the back to you gals. Can't believe it took this long to get a goalie of the year award for women's college hockey. Josie, we're cheering for you. So, all right, last segment uh, is our favorite one. At least it's my favorite. Peter <laughs> sometimes is apprehensive about it, but these are three questions that we like to learn a little bit more about Peter than we've never known before. Hey, my hand's bleeding. We gave him a little, yeah, he he's, <laughs> does not faint during blood, so that's another thing maybe you didn't know about him. So, three questions I'm going to shoot him Fire at me. To Peter. Question number one. Do you go to a barber or do you go to a stylist at a salon to get your hair done? I go to a barber. I go to a barber. I go to Gent on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I, so I grew my hair out more than it is right now. I grew it out to my shoulders after I moved home from college. And I grew my beard out too. No, I didn't trim it. I didn't do anything to it. I grew my beard out. I looked terrible. I looked just awful. So... I thought if I'm going to get rid of my hair and I'm going to get rid of this beard, I'm going to get it done right. And I took my wallet down to Gent and shelled out. And some guy gave me a great haircut, shaved my face. And it was, honestly, it felt a little cathartic because it felt like I was kind of shedding old skin and, you know, entering a, a new phase of life. But I've been going to Gent ever since. My barber's name is Sean. He's pretty cool. He's got a band. Uh, he wears... Uh, some cool clothes. He's always got a fun hat. But, uh, yeah, Sean's my barber. Look him up at Gent. Tip does, him well. Does Sean wear anything from the Minnesotan? I doubt it. Okay. I highly he, doubt he it. He wears the authentic stuff. He, he wears the no, real stuff. Oh, reproduction of I don't, cheap I don't trick. know where he finds his clothes, but that guy is uh, that guy is sharp and fire. 
I like fire. sharp and fire. Fire's good. All right, question number two, Peter. What is the worst mispronunciation of your name that you can recall? The mother of one of my friends in high school thought my last name was O'Day for one thing. <laughs> uh, but the the most common one is the most common one is Odney, but the one that always got me at tournaments was Odeny. Well, you're French. Yeah. It, <laughs> apparently. But uh, I don't I don't begrudge people for screwing up my name. That sounds like an okay. old Beatles song. Obadi, Obadai, life goes on. La, 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 la. A little before my time, time. Yeah, that's fine. Question number three. What is your favorite NHL rink name? Name? Name. <laughs> because... T- stadiums keep changing names like every year. Yeah, with, and I kind of got inspired because, uh, for example, Milwaukee Brewers, their home field, which is used to be called American, used to be called Middle Park. Yep. Then it became American Family Park, and now it's called AmFam Park. Every year, I swear, and TCF Bank is going to change their name. Why? Because they got the TCF got bought up by some big bank in oh, Detroit, geez. so it's going to be a different name. So anyway. And it and the and the sad thing is like we remember you and I were probably growing up as kids we could probably name all the rinks by name and now it's like shoot what is the TD Enterprise Boston TD Ameritrade Garden Garden yeah yeah um gosh if I had to pick one oh that's really difficult I know that's why because none of them are cool anymore well pick a cool pick an old cool I'm gonna one. I'm gonna take a. I'll take old Chicago Stadium. No, no, no. The Nassau Coliseum. Oh, the Nassau. Yeah, the Islanders cool. with the leaking ceiling. Mm-hmm. The leaking ceiling and the fraudulent would-be owner, John Spano. The Islanders of the mid-'90s were one of my favorite teams. They had that sweet jersey with the old fishermen. Mm-hmm. Fish, fishermen oh, yeah. It. it was the, yeah, the, uh, yep. The longshoremen or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Uh, very that true. was one of my favorite jerseys. I loved Alexei Yashin. He was one of my favorites. They signed him to that massive contract. And thinking about Alexei Yashin wearing the Longshoreman jersey at the Nassau Coliseum brings me back to 19. And they got away from the regular something. colors. They went to like a like a de- like a Dolphins colors. They went it's to a it weird. Was, it was teal, a weird. It was like a teal and an orange, green or. But something. I do like the garden because it was just simple. The garden, you know, especially Madison Square Garden. Madison Square or Boston Garden was just known as the garden. And the garden is yeah. actually a term used to describe a, a, a gathering of people. Like a building that was a gathering of people. That's why really? they, they use the word garden in that yeah. perspective. Like Bloomington Ice Garden. It's just a gathering of people as a building that does it. But mm. I also remember, even though I hated the Canucks, I always thought the GM place was cool because he saw his oh. nickname at the garage. Oh, okay. So that was always a cool. Joe, cool. Lu- Joe Lewis Arena. Joe Lewis Arena. Old the Joe checker, Lewis The Arena. Checker Dome. The old, old Checker Dome. Arena. That was phenomenal. But anyway, all right, folks, why well, I think we've taken enough of your time. I'm ready to throw an octopus on some ice right now. Just thinking about Joe Lewis Arena. You should bring one to Lindstrom with you. If I, if I could find a raw octopus, I will. <laughs> you could. Well, it might be in the gas station sushi bar or something. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Peter, again, for your insightful knowledge, your tireless research, and just being here today. Your sunshine is always Thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. This is Todd Houck. I'd like to thank all the listeners for being part of this ice, her ice, because... It's not it's, his ice. No, it's never going to be it. So please take care of yourself and each other, and we will talk to you next time. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bouncing master Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool